0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Joshua Jackson. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognizing and celebrating the people who keep this great country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organizations and to support them in the same way they support their staff every single day of the week. If you are in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, please go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Each week on this programme, I'm joined by a different leadership figure from the world of business, education, politics, sports, or even from local communities, in the aim of truly discovering who those people are that get up every morning and make this great country work. We get their take on the current economic and political landscape of the UK and discuss everything from digital strategies to supply chain headaches. And of course, the success and the innovation that makes it all worthwhile in the end. On today's programme, I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Anderson, who's the Managing Director of MECO UK, a global company that specialises in providing products for wear washing, cleaning and disinfection. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Paul, welcome.
1: Good morning. Thank you very much, Joshua. Thank you indeed.
0: Not a problem. Thank you for for taking the the time out of your day to join us. Um, so obviously, you know, it's important that we we sort of cover the the, the big issue of the day. Um, you know, the last eighteen months, business interruption changes to how uh, things have been working, both within companies and and personal styles. Um, how's everything been?
1: Well, it's been. It- <laughs> It was, it's been hell, Joshua, to be honest. I mean, <clears throat> we've had a flying number of three or four years. And um, the first quarter of last year, 2020, was amazing, even better than anything else. And then before we knew it, the end of March the 23rd, the, the lockdown and um, 80% of our business was gone overnight. Um, when we we're talking about commercial wear warewashing, includes was dishwashing, glass washing, um, sanitization, bedpan washing, waste removal systems. And, and clearly, straight away, the Eureka Market, hotels, restaurant, mm. catering, were just closed dramatically. And and that took our legs completely away. Um, luckily enough, we we also support NHS and care. So we were a frontline working team, and we continued that through. But in, it did have a dramatic effect, yes.
0: I can only imagine, um, you know, especially with having such a a huge sort of not reliance but um, you know involvement with the with the hospitality sector. Um, Do you think that you know you've been able to? You were able to adapt and and sort of overcome quite quickly, or was it something that that took time?
1: Well, we adapted as quickly as we could, not knowing anything about how to deal with the virus worldwide. I mean, it was was completely new um, territory. Um, I held regular meetings with my management team. We, we put people on furlough. We reduced hours. We rotated people. Clearly what happened then, um, people had an inert increase in hygiene. So anything to clean, a dishwasher or a glass washer or businesses that were open, dark kitchens, um, takeaways, they really, they really started to look at it. We even then started to uh, promote more products that have not been promoted in the past including things like mask washers. So we had um, we had fire brigades, we had healthcare, we had Adam Brooks Hospital come to us to clean, reusable masks.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously the mask issue, uh, highly politically sensitive in many areas, but, um, you know, something that you know, if, if that's an area that you, that you could move into and adapt into, very well done for, for being able to provide that support. I suppose given the, the, the large scale of the organisation, you were able to have that um, sort of quick turnaround in, in you know, different focuses.
1: Hmm. Well, we did the very best. I mean, these masks I'm talking about are like full half um, full face masks or half face masks that you'd normally see people wear with breathing apparatus. Mm. But no, we adapted what we could. I mean, the critical thing when businesses are closed Unfortunately, which was the majority of businesses, the ones that were there open are fully reliant on service and support to a high level. So our service division was, was very, very acute. Um, we were hitting 94 95% first-time fixed rate. We still are now. Mm. So we made sure that whoever was working, we would support. We gave guidance on how to look after machines when shut down. We gave guidance on how to re-look after machines when they haven't been used for a while and then they're fired back up. We were continuous throughout. It was a totally different mindset, but a very, very, very good learning tool.
0: Absolutely, I can imagine it must have been quite difficult for you, especially supporting and working alongside other businesses that have been suddenly closed overnight, and they're sort of losing their call cool and worrying about the future, for you to be able to keep calm during those periods and but also being able to to think about your own future prospects from the company as well um That's an incredibly difficult position to be in, and do you find that you know everything went well in that score
1: I wouldn't say everything went well, Joshua um. I've certainly learned from it. My team have learned from it. We had to be empathetic, sympathetic, understanding, listening. Um, People were stressed. People were worried. Some of our businesses that we've helped and supported over many years were extremely worried. They had financial predicaments. Mm. We're part of a very big group. So where I could, I helped people financially. Some people, you know, we put on a, a sabbatical for payment. So they didn't have to worry about it, and then they pick it up when they reopen. So I'd like to think, wherever possible, we we've tried to support people as best we can um, during something of which we'd never been used to before.
0: Absolutely, and that is that's absolutely fantastic to hear. That um, you know, you took that 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 mindset, that keeping other people going, being able to support other people uh, during this time, and I'm sure that'll pay dividends in the relationships that you've maintained and strengthened. Um, you know, moving forwards when things do tend to, or when things do get back to a, a sense of normality across all of the sectors that you're working in. Um, it's interesting there that you mentioned your own personal leadership and um, you know having to adapt and, and build. Do you think there were some major lessons that you yourself
1: yeah, hugely. Um, hugely. Every day every day was a school day. Every day is a school day. Um, you know, the, third, the most important thing to me was, you know, my word, this has now hit UK shores. What do I do to protect my staff? That was the key thing. That was the first and foremost thing to do. So, you know, investment in PPE, safety, uh, protocols, social distancing, screens in the office, Um, how best we look after engineers, remove anything that's flammable in terms of the uh, antibacterial gel, so they use a water-based one. Mm. You know, leaving in was. There's a huge learning curve. You've then got people as people to deal with, not people as staff. And you could sense during that period the more we got into it, and, and unfortunately the more damaging it was to the UK, the more people tended to be more astute and more aware of hygiene and between other people. Distances between people increased. You know, we used to an office where you'd walk around and, and talk and shake hands, but the distance increased. He so had to respect everybody's space. Big learning to Big learning Absolutely.
0: And obviously this is something that wasn't just a uh, physical either. Um, you know, given that, uh, uh, the mental pressures dealing with the responsibility of looking after families of, as you say, that the financial burdens, the, um, you know, fr- from, from, workers through to, through to leadership teams. Um, did you feel like there was enough support there? And did you turn to anybody or, or any learning lessons from, you know, people around to mental health or um, you know mental capabilities. Hmm.
1: Well, interestingly enough, you know the, the the wonderful world of Zoom or Crowdcast or you know what Teams came to life that no one had really ever used. Um, and I was actually invited by a by a, by a nice group, um, good colleague of mine, um, to, to openly discuss about things between. CEOs and other people of different businesses, which was fantastic. Areas I've never considered. Yet we all experienced the same thing. So that was quite nice to talk about. More importantly, what I did as a person and and tried to make sure my management team did the same, is we would talk to those people, especially the ones we had to unfortunately put on furlough. And some are in predicaments where they've only got four walls. They haven't got a garden. And and that's quite stressful when it's been a period of months, months and months. So we make sure we constantly talk to them. yeah, I I shared my feelings I made sure I talked to others about
0: this. That's again, that's good to hear as well. That there was the continuous communication, and you're right. Some people were stuck in in smaller areas, and and the lack of the outside space was a real, real hit for for a lot of um, you know individuals across the time, especially during that um, you know winter period, really. But the, it's very interesting that you turn to the um, the CEO sort of support group, the MD support group, people who are going through the issues and being able to support each other. That's that's one thing that's really come out of this um, a sense of you know, be able to be open, to be able to share some of the, um, the problems and the stresses of of running a business, but also being able to learn from each other and take on the lessons and, and, and look forward with a little bit more positivity. Do you think that there's going to be, um, you know, a lot of the things that you're doing now are going to remain within the company. Do you think there's going to be that sort of more, you know, supporting outreach, that bit more hybrid working, or do you think that you're, you'd prefer a return to the more traditional methods?
1: Well, there's a lot of questions there, but if I, can, if I can pick up some of the few that I've just remembered what you've said. Um, firstly, you mentioned about hybrid working. I think that is going to stay with us, and it makes perfect sense because it's actually made us more efficient in certain areas. We have systems where people have to come into the office. They have to. They have to come in to use it. That's unfortunate. But we also have people working remotely that can work remotely where possible. Now that's saved on fuel immensely. It's also made some people more productive. So I think that area will will definitely come to light. In your other question about will things remain going forward in terms of empathy, sympathy, listening, talking, sharing, yes, absolutely right. I think it will. And I think we have to because we're not out of it as yet. Although the government has released everything, this virus hasn't just disappeared from the atmosphere. It's still here. You've got to, we've got to learn to live with it I hate to say, you have got to learn to love it because it's going to be with us to deal with it. But these little policies and procedures that we've all adapted—hygiene awareness, social distancing, taking care of yourself, more importantly, taking care of others, talking about it—it it will remain. It won't go away.
0: Again, you know, very interesting to hear that that's that's going to stay with you. And I think you're you're echoing the thoughts of um, you know a lot of. Progressive business leaders across the country that are thinking, you know, there were certain areas that we weren't doing previously to support staff, and let's keep that going. Um, You're right, some people are more productive in different manners of working, and that's something that's really come out of this. A lot of, um, you know, discussion was going on before all of this kicked off, um, you know, about sort of remote working, um, universal basic income, and I think it's accelerated a lot of those points. But um, from the business perspective, how are you thinking uh, the next sort of 12 months will be going? Do you think that it's going to be, um, you're in a much more solid position now? Do you think that it's going to be a brighter outlook?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, certainly since it reopened on April and then through to July, it, it has definitely made an impact. There's no doubt about it. It has started slowly to open. There is, a, there is an inherent awareness about money. A lot of businesses still want to build up a pot of money before they start investing in maybe refit, refurbishment, kitchen items, etc. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got to give people time for that. There are certain parts of the industry that are still dramatically hit. The airline, the contract catering, um, tourism needs to come back tenfold. If you walk through London at the moment, it's still it's a little bit more bustly, but it's dead. There's no tourists. You need the tourism. Tourism brings in a feel of great hospitality, hospitality benefits, the hotel is open. It's going to take a long time. I think probably by the end of next year, from my sector, we'll be in a position where there's a bit more stability. People will look at investment in the right equipment. Um, You know, Brexit is considered a bit of a difference on that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely coming back, but it's going to be a little bit of a slow burn. And actually, for all the right reasons. Absolutely, um, you know you're right very much so on the
0: uh, the knock-on effects of tourism. Whilst staycations have gone up, um, you know X percent, um, you know we are really lacking in the the outside travel and the outside um, ability for people to come into the UK economy and, and spend money. Obviously, as an attractive place to, to holiday, um, that will be the major area over the next few months. And it is looking like travel is is you know increasing uh, both domestic and uh, and abroad, and uh, hopefully the. The vaccine rollouts across the world will mean that um, you know we can we can get everybody back into the country and get everything going. But uh, a very interesting point there on um, on the knock on effects. Mm. Uh, so, Paul, do you think that there is going to be anything that you know Miko is going to be doing that's going to be new products, new new ranges, new styles of business and working over the next twelve to eighteen months, or is it just going to be waiting and and hoping that the standard product lines are taken up?
1: Uh, that's a great question, Joshua. Look, as a business, if people don't know is we don't stand still. We never have. We've been going since 1927, and when we focus on hygienic solutions, we cannot stand still. More importantly, during this pandemic and global issues that have happened, we have increased our um, focus on hygiene. So our products now are much better adapted to the removal of COVID, um, we're looking at additional areas, like I mentioned, area in terms of cleaning masks, different apparatus. We're focusing more on the uh, thermal disinfection for care homes. Clearly, with the government of um, carbon net zero, we're very much working um, working towards that. We have green waste solutions that can be returning um, waste back into energy, which is what the government wants to achieve. We're looking at um, sustainability. We're using less chemical less water, less power. We are, we are a top-end company, um, but the long-term benefits pay for themselves. We, we are on about reducing, giving much more, but using much less.
0: And that is a a great um, thing to be coming up with as well, especially looking forward to the environmental issues that are going on. And and COP26 um, in just a few months, obviously, given the the British leadership of that, it's going to come up with some really interesting policy movements um, globally. And hopefully now you're you're very well positioned to uh, take advantage of that and continue to adapt and grow. But um, Paul, thank you Ever so much for for coming on the show today. That was a really interesting discussion. Um, it'd be great to have you back on in a few months, once um, you know uh, things have changed yet again, no doubt. Um, and it'd be great to have your your you know take on on what's going to be happening again in the future.
1: Thank you very much indeed, Joshua. We're like delighted to help anytime.
0: Thank you very much, Paul. Have a good day. <laughs> And now next up on the show, we'll be joined by Leaders' Council Chairman, Lord David Blunkett. He gives his take on the political landscape and the economic fallout of the last 18 months and how the UK can look ahead. He's interviewed by Matthew O'Neill. Lord Blunkett,
2: welcome.
3: Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you. I think that with some hiccups and mistakes they've not done a bad job in what has been incredibly difficult circumstances.
2: And you're absolutely right in a in a liberal uh democracy that we live in it's it's very difficult for people to swallow orders given to them from government. Um
3: well the the UK and um and the US and to some extent to the Scandinavian countries